the Missional Life Podcast, inspiring kingdom-minded believers around the world to live the mission of God in their lives. All right, welcome back to Mission Life Podcast. Today we have Matt Neff on the show. Matt Neff is the CEO of Sight and Sound, a company of over 600 employees that is one of the top three destination theater companies in the country. Sight and Sound specializes in taking stories from the pages of scripture and bringing them to life on stage. Matt, welcome to the show. Welcome. Hey, great to be with you guys. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, glad to have you. Hey, Matt, could you start by telling our listeners a bit about Sight and Sound as a Christian theater company? Like, what's the mission? What's the vision mm. behind the company? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, at its simplest, I would say we are a core of storytellers. Uh, that God pulled together to tell stories. Primarily, we're known for Bible stories on stage, original productions that we produce predominantly in-house, uh, but also that has expanded to a conservatory where we teach students the craft of theater and also filmmaking, which we just are new into that adventure with our first film last uh, December, but really simply set our vision, like what, what we want to see that's so big that only God could do it, so to speak, is we want to see the world transformed through the church, living in the in its identity in Christ. That's that's what we're passionate about. How we're called to do that, our mission is to simply tell his stories through who we are and what we do. Uh, the stories of redemption that is the heart of God, the nature of God. So we get to do that a lot of ways, as I mentioned, but predominantly we're known for doing that on stage in our two theaters here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania and in Branson, Missouri. I love what you said right there, telling his stories mm -hmm. you're not creating stories you're right. not like adding to you're just you're telling his stories and that's really what needs to be told you got it no it's like our our president chief story officer he likes to say these stories have been changing lives for thousands of years our responsibility is just to tell them again and that's the point because it's it's about god at work and celebrating that and what might that have been like if we had walked in those shoes because we are walking in, in those shoes in front of a great cloud of witnesses obviously so yep that's why we do it So you're CEO, but mm -hmm. you haven't probably always been a CEO. So what inspired you to get involved with Sight and Sound? And how did you kind of become, you know, chief leaders of the organization? Uh, great question. Uh, so I've been here a long, long time. I would have grown up in the area originally on a dairy farm, uh, just a few minutes from the original theater down the, the street from where I am today. And my grandma would take all of us grandkids like once a year to go see a Sight and Sound show. So I grew up with familiar, but I wasn't exactly what you would call a theater kid. I uh, was more a farm kid, and uh, but appreciated it. And then my junior year in high school, I did like a shadow day, like a career day at Sight and Sound because it was a unique, cool place. And right around that time, a little bit after that, I actually started to date my now wife, Amy. And she worked here because her parents had founded this, this grand adventure. And so eventually that led me to saying like, wow, it'd be fun to work with my girlfriend. So <laughs> got hired to work backstage. Uh, this would have been back in 1995. So right before... Um, Noah would have premiered, which was a significant moment in our history as an organization. And not only was I already in love with Amy, but I fell in love with what we got to do at Sight and Sound. Just the uniqueness of it and the impact that you saw story have. Because the thing that we find, and really even the reason behind the name Sight and Sound, is we see how Jesus ministered when he was on earth, story after story, to the point where his disciples asked him, why do you only speak in parables? He said, well, seeing they don't understand hearing, they don't comprehend sight and sound. That's really the root. And that's really the, the method we found. And what I love is 
when you see people come into the space, either physically here or they're watching it online or whatever, um, even if they come in and they're like, what is this, a Bible story on stage? What, um, you know, drug here by their spouse or, or cousin or sibling, whatever. Um, but by telling compelling stories through the best technology that we can afford to put into it, through the top quality that we can do, we see walls go down hearts open and the Holy spirit reach people right where they're at as only he can in ways that are way beyond we could expect, imagine, or dream. And that's the point. So storytelling is simply the vehicle that we get to use to do that. Um, so came here back then in 1995, uh, left for a little while for Bible school. And all I knew when I came, when I graduated Bible school was, Hey, I want to go home and get married to Amy and work at sight and sound. And there was an opportunity to come back in at that point uh, in the scene shop building sets. And so did that for a number of years and then eventually was asked to uh, lead our stage crew and did that for a number of years. And I was asked to work for our CFO and kind of as we were growing as a company that he could teach me and hand things off. And so did that for a while that led to leading human resources, eventually led to leading production. And at that point, we were in a formal succession process which completed in 2014. So the start of 2015 is when I came into the seat of, of CEO. Uh, so it's been one wild adventure uh, the entire time. And it's one thing I like to tell every person that we hire is you will not be bored. Uh, this is an adventure. <laughs> and, uh, and that's been accurate. As you were kind of sharing some of that history, I just kept on hearing leading 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 mm. i mean you're 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 gifted at leading you know mm. that's you know often that's a, that's a spiritual gifting in a lot of ways and so mm. how do you lead an organization that's 600 employees what does that look like and you, you know when you kind of look at a model of jesus and so many times mm. you kind of flip that pyramid upside down right you know in the, in the world we think man i'm at the pinnacle of the pyramid but in a kind of a jesus-led ceo sort of mm. model you're kind of at the bottom right you're serving mm -hmm. so how do you create a culture in an organization of 600 people wide and, and deep and you know what are your thought process on that well uh, it might sound cliche in christendom but really uh, the verse in zechariah comes to mind not by might not by power but by my spirit is the only way i mean what we do doesn't make any sense to be frank and i love that um because i can't drive up the drive to work every day without just like what in the world like how is this how did this even happen how is this working um and that's how and that's how right like this god idea that he placed in our founder, my father-in-law, uh, in his heart as a as a lifelong farmer um, and an artist and a storyteller that just little by little, faithful by faithful, had turned into this crazy thing. Um, so the beauty of that is it keeps our faces before the Father. It's like every day, it's like, okay, Lord, what's your manna for today? Because in and of our own, we can't do this. Like it doesn't make sense. Um, and that, and I love that. I love it because it helps us not think, oh, we figured it out. We've arrived. It's like, no, it's back to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 every day, trusting in him with all of our heart, leaning not on our own understanding, acknowledging him, and he leads our paths. Um, so that really is the only way. But what I love about that is, too, it helps us walk in our identity in Christ. And what we have found that the most important thing for a culture is to focus on oneness. Because we've seen that as God's, that's his heart for his people, to be one with him and one with each other. It's the prayer Jesus prayed for us in John 17, right? He prays one thing for us, that we would be one as he and the Father are one. And so for us, that's become our, I guess, I guess you could say our high calling for how we do this, how we live it out together day by day. 
And we find that that oneness is rooted in two things, identity in Christ first, love second. Out of identity, his love's in us, now we can love one another. And that forms just an incredible atmosphere. And, and when I say that, I'm not talking about arrival. There is no arrival with culture, right? Like it's every day, it's either improving or di digressing, whatever, because we're people and we're far from perfect. But as we embrace that, it just brings an incredible level of creative atmosphere. It creates a creative atmosphere because it's an atmosphere that's it's safe off for your ideas, right? Because you're not worried about, oh, yeah, but if I say that, what's, what's the lighting designer going to think? He's probably going to look at me like you're crazy. No, when we move towards Christ and trust him and see each other through his eyes, then we can offer, we can bring our best without fear of what's he going to say? What's he going to think? What if this fails? Whatever. It helps just remove fear because that's what love does, right? And we walk in his love, fear is removed. And that allows us to create things that just otherwise wouldn't happen, allows us to answer problems and solve problems that never would happen any other way. Why? Because it creates that atmosphere where we can sense his presence tangibly. We can hear his voice more clearly together, discern his wisdom without our egos having to carry the day, without me having to prove something like, oh, I've got this, you know, well, I'm the CEO, I better have all the answers. If that's the case, we're in trouble. Um, and thankfully that's not the case. It's like, no, I'm only called to lead in this particular space, empowering a team to do their best work, to serve them by loving them, helping us have a clear, compelling vision that God's called us toward, and then go after it every day. Um, and when we stay in that space, man, it's, it's so much more fun. It's still a lot of work, but it's fun. It's good work. Cause he's in it with us, you know, like, like Jesus said, where you get to be about our father's business. That's, that's the idea. He's called us to follow him and be about what he wants us to do here, uh, through this unique medium of just telling stories on stage and screen. So beautiful. So well said, and I love the unity on Jesus and the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. and the leading and just the empowerment of people to just do their best. Mm -hmm. Those are such amazing things to help keep things going, not on our own strength, but by his spirit as he should from Zechariah. I love that he was a farmer because farmers plant seeds, right? Yep, exactly. And farmers understand this, this plant water reaping mm -hmm. and, and you're not always doing all the same right you know mm -hmm. sometimes you guys are reaping you know somebody making a decision for christ mm -hmm. because somebody else has planted but other times people are reaping what you guys have planted and so i love that there's this history of farming because yeah we, when you read through the scripture man that's a huge 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 principle so yeah um, exactly and then i love how you guys just the two main things identity in christ mm -hmm. and love man how how much better could we all do uh, if we just started with those things you know identity christ and love i'm so thrilled to hear you guys implementing that into how you guys do business and clearly it's working you know you're growing mm -hmm. you're reaching so many different audiences and seeing the harvest so tell us about some of the shows that you're doing mm -hmm. now like what's out there right now and got your interest that you guys are beginning to work on yeah yeah so uh right now the the fun thing about our model too or fun i say fun because i i think it's cool but also challenging is it takes almost four years to produce an all original new stage show uh, at the scope that these shows are, which is which is a large scope. Um, it's it's a lot of sets. They're large sets. Um, so it takes a lot of work. Right. And we do it in house. So it's, we start about four years ahead and then we have a new show every other year is kind of our model. So 
That means we always have at least two new shows in production at the same time, as well as shows that are coming back from the vault, so to speak, uh, that are being refreshed, that are being worked on, that a producer is assigning energy toward that uh, story. So right now, uh, we would have here in Lancaster, we have Moses uh, on stage until October 7th. So just about ready to close. And then the Christmas show is coming back, Miracle of Christmas, which is the, the Christmas story, obviously, because we tell Bible stories on stage. Uh, and then in at the Branson, Missouri location, Queen Esther is on stage. And Queen Esther will run for the end of this year. And then it will actually run again next year, uh, March through uh, or into October, followed by Miracle of Christmas there. Here in Lancaster, we are in the final construction phase of the brand new show, The Story of Daniel. That'll be coming to life in mid-March. Uh, it takes us then, so one, as we're working on the show, that four-year process, when it's ready to come to life, we need all of January and all of February and a little bit of March to get ready to go to transition from what was to what's to come, uh, particularly for a new show. It's, it's an incredible amount of work to pull that off, uh, but really rewarding, a lot of fun. And so that's coming. Uh, we have then another new story in production for the future as well, but I can't tell you what it is, but I can say that it's a Bible story. Um, and then at the same time, we are all, we are working on our next feature film, uh, which there's nothing we can announce about that yet. Cause it's very early in the process, but um, we just, yeah, a number of years ago, we felt like the Lord called us, Hey, to tell stories through a prophetic medium a film in addition to what we consider to be an evangelistic medium of stage production. I uh, felt like we were called to expand our fivefold ministry, if you will, beyond the work of the evangelist uh, from Ephesians 4. So we're like, okay, let's let's figure out what that means and go after it. So we're we're well into that. So those are the primary things we have on our on our plate, if you will, right now. Uh, but also some re re having refurbing some past shows that we're getting ready to announce in the next year. So yeah, a lot going on. So when you mentioned the Daniel story coming yeah. up, my first thought was Daniel and the lions. <laughs> so how, how does sight and sound theater, how do you guys handle getting animals for your shows? <laughs> what does that look like? And could you share mm -hmm. a crazy story that <laughs> happened with an animal or several. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. I, I think it goes back probably to our founders farming roots, right? He, he loves animals, lover of animals, still lives on a farm and he's got this collection of all kinds of chickens and he's got some horses and donkeys and yeah, yeah. You just can't not, not be around animals. So early in our DNA, like as our, um, as we kind of stumbled into theater, I like to say, uh, pretty early on, it was like, well, what if we put a horse on stage? Boy, wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, let's do that. And so it became part of who we are pretty quickly. Our animal cast members are just a phenomenal part of how we tell story. I like to say like they're at least as, if not occasionally more consistent than human actors, because uh, they're so well-trained. They know what they're doing. They know the timings. They know the lighting shift, the music shift. It's amazing if a, if a line is being delivered a little too slowly and the music's starting to transition, the horse will start to tug. He's like, hey, I know we're supposed to be leaving the stage right now. Uh, it's pretty remarkable. Um, so yeah, lots, lots of animals, anything from camels to pigeons to horses. We've had skunks already. Um, you you name it, we probably have had it on stage. Water buffalo, since like VeggieTale said, everybody has to have a water buffalo. We thought we should probably have a water buffalo. Um, but one of one of the realities is well-trained, incredibly trained as they are, uh, they are animals. 
So there are things that are unexpected or expectedly unexpected in the case of they do need to go to the bathroom and they don't always time that for when they're off stage. So most of our hilarious stories involve untimely going to the bathroom. And actually in the case of the water buffalo causing a show hold one time. Um, yeah, because we have a we have a large stage lift at both theaters, a 40 by 12 foot lift that goes to the basement. Um, we use it for effects as well as storage, things like that. So it operates live in the show. And um, it was going down for a pivotal moment towards the end of, I believe this was uh, Samson was playing at the time. And all of a sudden the, the lift stops, it freezes, which is not good. You can't have a 40 by 12 foot hole in the floor and do the show, right? So we have to call a hold, we have to pause the show, technical difficulty message rolls, all the stuff, you know, curtains in, here we go. And we can't figure it out. Like, what? why is the lift, why did it stop? Why isn't it running? Well, it turns out that Ferdinand or Water Buffalo um, happened to have to go to the bathroom right above the one seam of the lift. And it happened to find our electronic control panel and shorted it out. So you just never know. Uh, thankfully, they were able to figure it out quickly. It was a quick fix. And then we waterproofed it for the future. But you just yeah, you just don't know. Like any, any given day, it's live theater. Like we say, there's no two shows are exactly the same. Uh, but no, it's it's never dull. But our animal cast is, they're phenomenal. They're awesome to work with. A lot of fun. So on that point, uh, as you do, Daniel, Lions, then are, mm -hmm. are you, we bringing in real lions? Or are you just turning that over to the animation team? <laughs> I, I can or say can not reveal that. No, I, I can <laughs> say that we will not have living lions. Um, okay. Yeah, whole whole lot of host of complexities <laughs> there and regulatory <laughs> challenges, um, but sure. there will be lions involved in numerous mediums, just not actually living ones. So stay tuned. But we will have lions. There, there will be a lot of lions. <laughs> yeah, you can't tell the story of Daniel well without lions. It's, it just That's wouldn't true. be right. That's incidents with animals mm -hmm. you know they're in reading the history on the website of sight and sound theater mm -hmm. saw that in lancaster area it started in 95 that's when noah yeah that's when noah came out it really when noah started. yeah that really exploded things for us but our first theater would have opened in 1976 okay but i noticed that there was a fire in 97 yes and can you speak to that absolutely and just like, how did your in-laws walk through that? Mm -hmm. How did the leadership walk through that to push through? Because that could have really halted, mm -hmm. you know, all that's happened from then on. And yeah. it's just incredible to, as I was reading that, just that it would be pushed through and, you know, rebuilt mm -hmm. even bigger and better, it sounds like. So can you speak to that a little yeah. bit? Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you asked that because it's a tremendous story of God's faithfulness, right? Because God gives us these incredible callings, right? He places mission on his people's heart. And sometimes when we sense that there is excitement, there's energy, right? And all that stuff. And it means we do need to work <laughs> to bring it about to be a reality. And it doesn't mean it's just going to go flawlessly. And I've had that conversation with a number of friends where we've, we've found ourselves in a place of calling uh, positionally or whatever. And it's, it's so life-giving. We're like, wow, this is awesome. And on the outside, it's like, wow, they're living the dream. I wish I could be living, you know, the missional life that low, whatever. And the reality is there can be a disillusionment because you live it out and you're like, 
that doesn't mean it's going to be easy. And suddenly I'm running into challenges I never expected I would face. Like, Lord, what in the world am I involved in? Like, how did this happen? Anyway, and then you see God's faithfulness and it's a call to an invitation back to your first love, back to him, because it's always about him. The mission matters, but it's about him. It's about the one who gave it uh, and who just loves us so much. Anyway, so all that to say, the fire to your question. Um, so yes, yeah, so we had just built our second theater in the same geographic location here. We had outgrown the original one, built a theater, um, the site that I'm at right now here in Lancaster, opened it in 1991. And then Noah came out in 1995 and just blew the doors off. Like people were like, what in the world is this? And we just, we couldn't have enough seats. I mean, it just was crazy. So that next year, 1996 was the best year we had ever had at that point as an organization, just sold out. Every show was pretty much sold out. Ran it like crazy to the end of the year. And so started that next year, uh, we doubled our production space because we design and build the sets in-house. And uh, we had just moved into that new production space. I was working in the shop at that point. And um, fire, so we were doing a construction project, reinforcing the stage, which was never designed for sets that big. <laughs> and as that happened, it turned out that sparks went down underneath into the basement, ignited some sets and storage couldn't get it contained. So we end up losing the entire theater, entire corporate offices, and that half of our production space that we just moved into, that was just built, gone, uh, as well as most of the sets that we had for Noah and for Miracle of Christmas, which had just premiered. And so, yeah, to say it was devastating is putting it mildly. I think it's still the largest fire that we've had in the county, in, in the county's history. Um, and so there was a huge, you know, like now what? Um, cause we, you know, we had property coverage insurance wise, but we didn't have what's known as business interruption coverage, uh, which would cover revenue that you now lost because you're closed. And, um, I mean, by, by all standards in the natural, we shouldn't be here like that. We should never have been able to come back from that. Um, and really over the next few days is when, um, Glenn and Shirley, uh, really just crying out to the Lord, like, Lord, what now, what? And they were approaching 60 at that point. I mean, they had been working at this their whole lives. And they're like, do we just, you know, retire? There's the insurance money. We'd retire well. And that would be, you know, wow, okay, maybe we should do that. And as they talked, they both just came to the conclusion, like, this is a calling. This wasn't just for this season. We believe the Lord is not done. And we have no idea how to come back, but we trust him. Like, all right, we're going to go after it. So rallied the team together. Like, here we go, guys. And uh, started designing a, a theater to replace the one we just lost. Um, started to try to line up funding with our bank and, and all of that. And one thing led to another. 19 months from the fire, we reopened in the building I'm sitting in today, which is an incredible, incredible theater. The theater in Branson, Missouri was designed based on this one. So they look exactly the same. You, if you were there, you'd think you were here. Um, and it just, it allows us to do the shows we're called to do in ways we never could have in the old theater. But when are you going to stop and build your, you know, tear your thing down and start over? Like you're not. And uh, just the way the Lord redeemed that situation, redeemed loss and used that not just to prove his faithfulness, but used it to take us from where we were to where he wanted us to be next. And we just see God doing that so many times when we go through impossible, difficult situations. Yes, he's faithful and that's awesome. And he's like, I'm going to work in that. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you to what's next. 
from glory to glory, so to speak. Um, and we've just seen him do that so many times. So the fire was a very, very obvious <laughs> example uh, of that at play. So much there, just totally enraptured in what you're saying and just how God has been so good to you guys and to the organization and seeing you through. And, mm -hmm. uh, and it's just, it, you know, just kind of turning my, just burning in my heart. Just, wow. Like just, you know, I think so many times people think when I, when I start living that mission of life and I start just taking that step of faith into what God's telling me to do, it's just going to supernaturally <laughs> just go, you know, perfectly and there won't be any resistance. And yet the reality is, is as you begin to have more fruit, the more pushback, the more things you have to mm -hmm. kind of push through and the more reliant on God that you need to become, you yeah. know, because ultimately, as you know, as CEO, that you, you really lead by, by, by wisdom from God. Mm. And, uh, I love how they, in the aftermath of everything, sought God and it, in your words, in all reality, they should be there as an organization that right. you are. Mm -hmm. God gave you supernatural wisdom on how to, um, to to see that through. And now, in a sense, you could even say it was a double portion in sense that you mm -hmm. have now Lancaster mm -hmm. and Missouri. Yeah. God gave you a double portion. Yeah. Wow. No, good word. That's that. well said. Wow. So let's take off the CEO hat for a second. Sure. Let's take off leader of the organization. Um. You know, I imagine there's a lot of decisions, you know, there's a lot of a lot of math, there's a lot of leadership stuff you have to deal with. Okay. Now we're leaving all that aside and you're stepping into the theater and you are a viewer. Mm -hmm. You know, all that all that stuff, all decision making aside, yep. you're watching a show. What are you've seen all of them because you love going to Sight and Sound and you're you're a big fan. Mm -hmm. Um what which show which show or shows stand out to you and what is there a moment or two where you just where god mm -hmm. just downloaded something to you and it just it pierced your heart and spoke to you mm -hmm. on a personal level oh man that's a great question um because i mean honestly i'm trying to think of a show or a time where there weren't moments multiple moments throughout a story that the Lord just revealed a thing, right? Or just, just showed up in a particular way and, and almost every time unexpected, you know, not something I was thinking about going in or looking for whatever. It was like, I can't wait to get to this scene, you know, just, and sometimes the most unexpected scene, it's something hits and you're like, oh my word. Uh, so probably most recently would have been with Moses, which is currently on stage here in Lancaster um, and really the, the Passover scene. Um, and it, I just, it's one of my favorite scenes, it's probably my favorite scene in the show. It's, it's just this, the team did such a great job of capturing the beauty of the, uh, the, the fear of the Lord and the love and grace of God at the same time. And we tend to view those things sometimes as a dichotomy, but they're not, God is one, right? Um, and just that moment where you see Moses and the people, their faith and trust and obedience to God applying the blood of the lamb, the incredible foreshadowing of what Jesus is going to do right for us and has now done for us. You see that taking place and there's this holy solemn moment. And then the angel of death enters the scene, flies over the audience 
And it's this, there's this chill, I'm getting chills saying this is crazy, but <laughs> there's this chilling effect, but it's not like, it's a little eerie, but it's not creepy, if that makes sense. Like, it's just so well done creatively. And I think why that is, why well, I don't think, I know why that is. Um, I know how our producers and directors and designers seek the Lord to go, okay, here's the heart theme message of this story. So how do you want us to capture that creatively, scene by scene? So that scene, it feels like it all comes together, the, the sovereignty, the holiness of God. And and it's this like intense, I don't know, it's just a holy moment. That's the best way I can describe it. And just seeing that scene play out and then the mourning of Pharaoh and the freedom of the people. And while it's celebratory, it's weighty, it's heavy because it's it's a heavy scene. It's a heavy moment. But that's the reality, right? That's that's like so much of life is captured in that one moment. And so just watching it recently, that was the scene that just undid me. You know, it's like, God, you are you are holy, you are sovereign, and you are good. And it's yeah, it just it takes you right there to a reverent, a reverent all. I guess that's the word I'm looking for. Um, but yeah, I, I feel that I could, yeah, pick a story I could tell you, but it's like but that's what I love. Why? Because it's his stories. It's his word that's coming to life. It's not, oh, look what we did. Like, no, we just get to tell these stories again. But it's fun because as we tell them, we're seeking, Holy Spirit, what's your creative inspiration? And the beautiful thing is we know the creator. You know, so like when, when, when uh, as Christians, we're like looking to the world for inspiration, not that we can't look at things the world created and be inspired because we're all made in the image of God. And even when people don't know God, they're tapping a gift he gave them, right, to create. So we can find inspiration anywhere, but but we kind of find ourselves like, why would we settle for world class? Like a term we use here is kingdom class. We're like, okay, we're we're part of a kingdom that's knows the creator. So we should be able to create at a higher level. We've got a direct access, his Holy Spirit's inside of us. Why wouldn't we ask his wisdom for how to do an effect, how to tell a story, how to solve a challenge, how to turn a staff into a snake and back to a snake or back to a staff again? things like that. And that's, thank God, that's, that's the team God has put together here. It's a team that seeks him, that recognizes he's the giver of creativity. He's the giver of wisdom. It's not in and of ourselves on our own. It's through him. And he loves to do life with us. Uh, that's why he, that's why he saved us, right? To know us, that we could know him and then walk in the gifts he's given us. And that's, that's where joy is, right? In his presence, um, I'm sorry, I'm soapboxing a little bit, but but I get excited. You asked a good question, so thank you. That term, kingdom class, wow! It, it just we always think, man, oh, they're they're really good, or wow, right. like they're amazing, they're world class. <laughs> you just took it up to a whole, you just added a whole other level, of kingdom class, and truly, it, it, you, those who are operating in the arts or, or you know mm -hmm. whatever, um, we should op be operating in kingdom class, and and. The results should be supernatural, mm -hmm. or you know, if, if we're if we're listening and we're listening to the, the Holy Spirit, and and you are, and so that's that's amazing. Wow. So let's go back. Um, let's put that CEO back in a hat sure. on. Now <laughs> you know you're leading you're leading the organization. You've you've been a viewer of the the show. Hmm. What kind of feedback? I'm sure you don't get all of them, but I'm sure some of the feedback reaches your desk. Oh yeah. Can you tell us like? one or two of the, you know, the stories of impact of people's lives being completely hmm. turned around or something, somebody just coming in and getting a revelation or they, um, they just had a 180 after, yeah. 
uh, after being impacted mm-hmm. by what God produced through your organization. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, some of the most fun, right? That we get to do, because we love to tell stories. We love to hear stories as well. And what's cool is like, we guard against uh, falling for expectation. What do I mean? Um, This actually came as as a a gentle rebuke, if you will, from one of our prayer intercessors a number of years ago, we were getting to, to launch the story of Jesus. We were in rehearsal. And so we had an intercessory team that was here on site during all rehearsals, just, just in prayer. Right. And, uh, and one of them came to our, our producer that of that show, he said, Hey, said, I just want to offer you a a cautionary word, which gets your attention when, when your intercessor says that you're like, sir, yes, sir. What, what do you have to say? And he said, I'm hearing a lot of expectation from your team, from your people around what God is going to do and how he's going to move. It's like, I want to caution you rather than expectation embrace a posture of expectancy, meaning expectancy that God is here. He's going to work, but he's going to work how he wills and how he wants. Don't latch on to a specific expectation of how he's going to work or what he's going to do. And he offered us the example of, of Judas and Jesus's time. He's like, Judas had an expectation of who Jesus was going to be and what he was going to do. And when reality didn't line up with his expectation, he was disillusioned and he betrayed Christ. And we were like, Okay, we, we will be careful not to fall for expectation. So for us, we don't, um, you know, people often are like, how many people were saved this year? We're like, I don't know. Like we we catalog uh, things like salvation, but we don't have a prescriptive, hey, the end goal is for someone to pray a prayer of salvation or the end goal is for someone to be physically healed or whatever. We recognize that our metric for success, our core metric for success is simply obedience. Are we obeying what he asked us to do? And then we trust him to bear the fruit that he desires to bear. And what's awesome is we see him move in ways we could never expect or prescribe. I'll give you an example. This is crazy, but not crazy because God was in it. Um, but we had, um, after after the shows we offer, we have members of our staff are available for prayer, right? If any guests would like prayer for anything. And um, this this family came running down with their their little girl just all excited. I mean, like flipping out there in tears. And we're like, what is going on? And they explained this. So well, we were here, I believe it was two years earlier to see a show and our daughter could never speak. She was mute. And uh, we came forward. She was prayed for after the show. That was, I believe, two years before. And so now they, they came to see the miracle of Christmas. Well, in that show, there's a character called Zachariah. And of course, when <laughs> When the angel Gabriel visits him and tells him about John the Baptist, he doesn't, he struggles to believe. And Gabriel's like, hey, you're not going to be able to, to speak. We're here until the baby comes. So there's this interesting thing. Well, at some point during the show, she starts to talk. And I believe she was like eight at this point. And so they're freaking out. <laughs> Come down front, tell us the story. We didn't do that. But the Holy Spirit did, right? Like, I guarantee you when our script writer is working on that scene and they're working on the character of Zachariah and his interaction with Gabriel and all that stuff, they probably weren't like, and someday maybe a guest is somehow going to be met in this moment and their mouth is going to be open. They're going to speak. No, we're not thinking about that. You know, like some things you do, but not that. So like how he wants to move. And then I'm thinking of another time, this would have been after the story of Joseph, right? Which is such a powerful message. The theme message in that show is really one of forgiveness, a significant moment there. And we were um, um, 
our chief story officer who happened to be in the house that day. He was watching the show or something. Anyway, after the show, this large group lingered and kind of, he's just watching like, why are they still here? And there's crying, there's stuff going on. So he kind of is like kind of creeping on him a little bit, you know, like watching what's going on. And he sees kind of the patriarch of the family turn to another family member and just, he's bawling. He just says, I forgive you. And what we saw was apparently was some kind of probably longstanding family riff. I don't know what was going on, but in that moment, Holy Spirit met them where they were and brought about forgiveness and restoration, reconciliation. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, come on. So that's what makes it fun. It's like, we just get to tell the stories and then see how does he want to work? So it can, and often it is salvation, right? It's like, but again, I've heard it said that love, ultimately what love is, is becoming what someone most needs. Not what they want, but what they most need. And you see that in the life of Jesus, right? Like to the woman caught in adultery, he is compassion, he is mercy, he is forgiveness to her. And then in his interaction with the Pharisee, he's rebuke, he's correction. That was, both of those were love because he was love fully embodied, right? And so we see the same thing here when he, as he shows up, it's whatever the person most needs in that moment. And that, yeah, that that's what's fun. Just, yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, there's more stories. So you, you tell me what you want to hear. Uh, well, yeah. Man, that's just that's humbling cool. stuff. I love how you said and, and created that contrast between expectation expect and trust. Mm. And I think that's convicting for me. And I think it's probably convicting for a lot of people that oftentimes we have an expectation. We, you know, let's be honest, right. we have an expectation on God, don't we? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, God, why didn't you come through? Or why do, why does it feel like you didn't come through? Right. You know, we had an expectation mm -hmm. and yet we really need to be walking in expectancy. And you guys, like you said, you know, you try not to have expectations on, on what you, you know, obviously yeah. there's a business, you know, from a business standpoint, you have to yeah. have, meet certain criteria and you need to have different expectations from that standpoint. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and that's okay. But you have an expectancy that God, if you're faithful, if you do what you can do, you know, kind of that, if you bring the natural, God will bring the super. Right. Yeah. And, and so that's your expectancy that, God will do supernatural things through you guys mm -hmm. as you're obedient to, to do what the Holy Spirit leads you to do yep. each time. And I love how yeah, you good word you mentioned that you mentioned that each time they're seeking God. How do you want us to use what we have right now mm -hmm. and the technology and whatever for this particular situation? You don't just simply say, "Hey, we used this last time, and this is what we can do. We can just do this and just duplicate it." But each time you're you're going back, okay, this is the story we're trying to tell. Yeah. How do you want us to tell? And we'll be obedient. And mm -hmm. our expectancy is we'll see fruit in it. Yeah. No, we find that to Whatever. be, I'm sorry, that we find that to be one of the most dangerous times and where we can slip into expectation is where we we were desperate. We sought the Lord's wisdom. He gave it. We acted out. And then down the road, we face a similar situation. It's really tempting to use yesterday's wisdom and manna. And sometimes that is the answer, but the point is to seek him. And that's, that's when I find it can be sometimes the hardest instead of like, hold on. Yeah. We've seen this before, but Lord, what are you saying today? You might actually have a different idea or a different strategy or different direction. Uh, just like David, right after he became King, first thing that happens is the Philistines invade. And this is David who's been killing them since he was a kid. Right. And so he, and he's the King. King's supposed to protect the realm. 
So you'd think he knows God's will on this. He's just going to go fight him. But he goes to the priest and he's like, should we go up against them? Which seems kind of crazy. They invaded your land. Should we go up against them? Lord's like, yes. Okay. So they do. They fight them. They have success. Philistines regroup. They attack again. Now you're like, he knows God's will in the matter. Just go, just go do what you did. But he does. He goes to the priest again. Should we go up against them? And God's like, yes. But this time, ah, new strategy. This time, go around them. Wait till you hear the sound of marching in the treetops. What does that even mean? And he does. And God routes them way beyond what happened the first time. I mean, that, that to me is a great challenging example of God's heart for us is I want to do life with you. I so want to lead you moment by moment because I love you so much. If you have ears to hear, if you're willing, you would draw near. That's the, that's the beautiful invitation because I believe it's out of his heart of love for us. Yeah, that's such a great example. And I, I'm even thinking of the example too of, of Moses. Mm. Like, yeah, man, like I, I got this thing. Like <laughs> just hit the hit the rock with the wall, right. you know, with my stick and didn't go so well that second mm-hmm. time, you know, and that caused some problems down the road for him. Yeah. Right? And so we want to be certain. You know, and all of us, you know, we all miss it. You know, yeah. we all, you know, kind of do that. But the the ideal is that we're getting that fresh manner, we're getting that fresh revelation for each situation. And I hear that in your words, and that's been a constant theme, is just going back to the Lord, going back to the Lord, going back to the Lord, and mm-hmm. and getting his revelation, and then sharing that story. And I, and I can see now, and I think our listeners too, that, you know, not A causes B, but you can see how God is really working, you know, through this organization and mm-hmm. growing it and increasing its capacity, increase its, um, its results or its... its uh, it's fruit because it's led by an, uh, a man who is saying, this is who we are. We're going to first be um, set in who we are in Christ. We're going to love people and we're going to go to him with every single problem. And we're, um, we're going to seek him and, and get his wisdom and insight. And so, wow, what an amazing time. Mm-hmm. Kind of we're closing out you know, for the listener who's a leader, mm-hmm. you know, and a leading organization, what's a piece of information or what's kind of a piece of wisdom you would speak to uh, a person who's trying to lead in a godly way? Mm-hmm. And maybe facing some challenges in their own business or their own marriage or their own ministry or whatever that is. And then, you know, for the person who's, man, I love the arts. I love what God's kind of doing me. Like, what would you say to the listener who just loves the arts and wants to take another step in faith in growing themselves in that particular gifting? Man, great questions. (laughs) Ah, boy, for the, on the leadership front, I mean, it it sounds simple, but the thing is, it is simple, but simple is not easy. Um, And it really is just to cultivate a sensitivity to an awareness of God's presence, because he is the God who is present, and he longs to partner and do life with us. Um, It's sort of like the, the primary invitation of Jesus was always, come, follow me. And the more I think about that, and then I think about the invitation to what's known as the straight and narrow path. Um, I'm like, okay, well, how do I walk that path? Well, really, you think about, you. I believe you said your son is three or, or thereabouts. You think about you're in a big crowded area and either you're kind of grabbing their hand or they're kind of grabbing the back of your shirt, you know, or hanging onto your pant leg and they get a little closer to you. And that's how they navigate a difficult situation that requires a a narrow path, if you will. 
you know, in an airport that's busy and crazy and crowded and you're kind of cutting through there and they're just kind of hanging on. But that's, that's how I picture the invitation of Jesus and why he says, come follow me. If you're weary, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Why? Because it's his, not mine. It's his. And he's saying, come, come with me. Like, I got this. I'm leading you. And we find that. I mean, in every every day, I've got to remind myself of this multiple times throughout the day, right? Because responsibilities hit and decisions have to be made. And okay, how do I respond to this? And then, and, then I, and it's amazing how quickly I default to trying to figure it out on my own instead of just stopping and being like, Lord, I have no idea. What is your wisdom? Just getting quiet and listening. And it's amazing because sometimes we'll give wisdom and an and ideal pop and boom. And all of a sudden, here I go. That happens. But more often than not, it's a name. It's another. It's a member of the team. It's like, hmm, maybe ask Ken what he thinks. Maybe ask Josh what he thinks. Maybe ask Sarah her opinion. Oh, good idea. And then as soon as I do, they're like, well, how about blah, 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 blah. And you're like, of course, that's the answer. And it's just because he loves to work in his body too, which is so beautiful. So from a leadership standpoint, cultivating awareness of and sensitivity to his presence because I mean, he said we have the mind of Christ, so let's take advantage of that and ask, uh, ask and listen and obey. So it is, it is that simple, uh, but also difficult because we have flesh and we kind of try and put it on our shoulders. Uh, so that's that uh, on the artistic front. And I would say this about any, any gifting, right? Any ability God gives, um, whether it's artistic or in other arenas. Um, and that is the scripture that says your gift makes room for you. I have found that to be so true. Uh, not just in my own life, but when I look at our, our team here at Sight and Sound, what God has done, um, he's brought people from every imaginable walk of life. And some have come right into the role they're into today and called to for a career. And many of the rest of us, like me, were called here at a certain time in a certain role. But the Lord, as we were faithful with the little he had given us, he continued to entrust new responsibilities to us. So if you, whatever that gift is, as my father-in-law loves to say, is like discover, start by discovering the giver of the gift and then what he gave you. Start to whatever that is. And sometimes it's the obvious thing. Well, I'm really gifted at writing or singing or whatever. But other times it's like, I don't know. Well, dig in. Like, what is it? Because there's always a thing that he's given you. And it might not be a tangible expression that you recognize, but it might be the gift of you're just quick to pick stuff up. Like stuff just clicks and other people are like, what? I don't get it. But whatever that gift is, discover it. And then he would say, develop it, develop, 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 work at it, wherever that is. Even if you're not getting paid for it, just go after cultivating what that gift is. Because as you do, you get better at it. You gain confidence. You're working in your identity, who God made you to be. And then look for opportunities to deploy it. Like where else can you use that as you've developed, as you've discovered and developed it? Now, how can I deploy it? And generally speaking, as you deploy it, people will pay you to deploy it. <laughs> It might not be obvious at first, but doors open, your gift makes room for you. Uh, just, yeah, we see that again and again and again. I'm just, I'm thinking about our our current executive team, right? Three of us started as stage technicians a long time ago, uh, moving set pieces. And just, you know, we came in not looking for anything other than, wow, this is a cool place to be. Let's see what happens. And just, yeah, the way the Lord opens doors and what he does faith with little faith with much yeah and, and i love how you can 
in doing those things and doing those principles mm -hmm. and starting at the bottom and kind of working and just, you know, stepping in where, where a door opens or where, you know, your gift makes way for you. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you build that credibility as you've, you know, as you've kind of gone through different parts of the organization, you can speak with mm -hmm. credibility, somebody who's walking, walking through that. Um, maybe not to all situations, but for most, mm -hmm. um, you can speak from experience. You can speak from, from, you know, and they, they can understand your heart. And I think for all of us, we start where, where God opens the door and, uh, and then just, again, be obedient, listen for his voice and, uh, and be faithful and expect God to, you know, have an expectancy. Uh, sure you got it. <laughs> you got it. Um, have an expectancy, expectancy mm -hmm. that God's going to do uh, what he can only do. Yeah. So, and we are, we're so amazed at what God is doing and has done through sight and sound. And we're just, um, we're excited to continue to see how he continues to bless and open doors for you guys. And so for the listener um, wants to get more information about mm -hmm. sight and sound and connect with you guys, maybe go see a show. Yeah. Where can they, where can they get information? What's the best way to, to do that? Yeah, no, thanks for asking. Uh, best way is simply on our website, site-sound.com uh, or on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We're on all of those platforms under Sight and Sound. Uh, you can also download Sight and Sound TV app and now uh, you can access us worldwide uh, with the content we we get to create. So no, yeah, honored to tell stories. However, we can bless people. That's why we're here. Yeah, listeners, we'll have those links in the show notes. Matt, what an awesome time spending uh, this with you, just hearing your your heart and just your your uh, your, your humble leadership and your humble wisdom. Mm -hmm. um, it's just it's amazing to hear, and we're we're thankful. And uh, we just speak favor over you and the organization and all that you guys are putting your hand to. And uh, we're we have an expectancy to 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 see God continue to do amazing oh. things here. Thank, Thank you, you. Being on the show today. Thank you guys so much. Uh, Thank you.